You're listening to Never Sleeps Network. Welcome to the Express with Bilal Vakani, joined by my second favorite, Daniel, Daniel Shahori. What's up, Daniel? How you doing? Pretty good. And uh, tonight, we dine in hell in a cell. Yep. Man, this show, Daniel, I, it started so great and it fell apart. I regretted watching this live because uh, there's a lot of promos and stuff I wish I could have skipped through and highlight packs. What were your overall impressions of the show before we break it down match by match? Well, as you know, that I, I had uh, some, some issues with viewing it, but uh, I really enjoyed the first match. And I really, I know, to be honest, I was kind of bored with the last match, but I really enjoyed the first match. Yeah. Like, it's, <laughs> and you're going to have to prompt me from there. Yeah, let, let, let's go into it. And we, we're going to start with the main event because that's, see, this is the first time, because I always do this. I always start with the main event. And I do it for a reason. I do it because the main event is what, you, you know, the aftertaste and it's what you want to talk about. And essentially they picked the least interesting of the three Hell in a Cell matches to main event, or at least the one people cared the least about, I think, across the board. Yeah, that's weird. And, and there's a couple of reasons why I think they did it, but let me break it down a bit. Drew McIntyre defending the Raw WWE title. I don't know which one's the universal title. I don't care anymore. Against Randy <laughs> Orton in the Hell in a Cell and, I, okay, so let's, let's go through this match as I break down why I think this was the main event. They did get out of the cell. They did right. have a major title change, which didn't happen in the Roman Reigns Hell in the Cell, which we'll get to quite a bit later because that opened the show, oddly enough. So I understand on paper why they made this the main event. But you have to go a little deeper. The, the spot they did on the top of the cell was Randy hiding a lightsaber-looking pipe. <laughs> yeah. You didn't need to go on the top of the cell to hide a pipe that was I know. <laughs> pretty irrelevant. And the second spot where he, you know, kind of knocks McIntyre off maybe a quarter, three quarters of the cell. It didn't look planned by the way Randy portrayed it because Ran- it looked like Randy Orton was going to quit the match, but then McIntyre stopped him. But I guess luckily he had also planned to stick a pipe on the top of the cell. And then yes. he looked at the edge of the cell like he didn't want to be up there. And he looked like he was trying to escape. And the, the spot with McIntyre was a happy accident. So the whole thing didn't really work. And that was really the only motivation because Sasha did win the women's championship on the SmackDown side. So the only thing this match had going for it over Sasha and Bailey that could have made it better were the planned spots, which they went out of their way to make them not look planned. And they were kind of nonsensical. Like I understand you don't throw a guy off the top of the cell because you don't want to kill him. And geez, McIntyre looked terrible after he got thrown off the side of the cell into the table. But it just, you know, and this doesn't even get into the whole Randy Orton's the champion again. So you're probably going to have to deal with this until WrestleMania, man. I just, I give the guys a lot of credit, but this is just not what I wanted in the main event, not where I wanted the title to go. None of these spots really worked entirely. They worked in portions, but it just, none of it was really on the point on mark for me. Plus, since the the money in the bank changed hands, mm. it was like, okay, I, I I suddenly accepted why this was the main event, and I suddenly accepted uh, why they got out of the cage so a way Miz can get in, but then it didn't happen. Well, and we'll we'll get to the Miz later. But the thing is that Miz said he would go for either title, so the Miz did, and I went back and rewound that because I thought it was so odd that he said it. 
but he's right. He can like it's not a branded Money in the Bank briefcase. So right. he could abandon John Morrison, and for I don't know what reason he would even think to go after Roman Reigns instead of Randy Orton, but he could. He could. So, yeah, I, I thought potentially the Miz could cash in, but it's also you have a heel briefcase, and we're gonna get to the briefcase thing later. We have a heel briefcase holder with two dominant heel champions. Neither of which I think is giving up the title until WrestleMania. Seriously. So uh, if you're Randy Orton, and it, it, let's be honest, if you're Vince McMahon planning Randy, or, or if you're The Miz, and Vince McMahon's telling you when you can cash in, it has to be an at or after WrestleMania situation because uh, you're not going to now take the title off Orton. You maybe had a way you could do it with Otis. Like Otis made a lot of sense to cash in on, on either of these champions. The Miz, I get that there's going to be a program that'll follow, that'll be built around the briefcase with him and Morrison, I'm sure. But, but it's, you also have such a shortage of tag teams. I just, uh, I, I just this, this doesn't work for me. And the only saving grace, which there was no hint of it at all, is maybe you get Edge and Orton at WrestleMania for the title. But it also means uh, Randy's got to make it to WrestleMania. And, and it, it, it doesn't need the title attached to that program. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think you just need to do a non-cinematic match that isn't the longest match in WrestleMania history again. Like that, that would be enough of an improvement for me. Um, is there anything else you want to say about this match? Because I, I don't even want to talk about it, really. Is No, it was weird, and it was confusing. And you're right, there were a lot of things that didn't make sense. So let's move yeah, on. The, the more I think of it, it's like you pull a thread, and the whole thing is just it's falling apart the more I think about it. So I think I'll just leave it at that. Just didn't need to be the main event. Nonsen- no. like Completely no. nonsensical. Like, again, that sequence of Randy Orton leaving, climbing the cell for a weapon he hid, only to like be shocked and, and his ultimate spot being a happy accident. Just... And he could have climbed it from the inside to get that at the same time. Yeah, I, I just for a guy who's a 14-time champion, he looked like he had no idea what he was doing. Legitimately. <laughs> it, it's absolutely insane. Uh, speaking of which, the second last match on the show was totally slapped together, literally slapped together during the pre-show as Mustafa Ali uh, just, he, he basically gave the Hurt Business a pick-your-own-adventure, which when, when you've not won a match since you formed this group is not a good idea because we later found out that Bobby Lashley was dressed and Cedric and Shelton Benjamin joked around on who it was going to be. And Shelton, being the smart veteran, said, let's get Slapjack in there with Bobby Lashley legitimately the best matchup the Hurt Business could ever ask for, and they threw the U.S. title on the line, because why not, to bury this stable even more. And Slapjack, yep. I don't think at any point in this match, I thought he had, like, going into this match, I'm like, wow, what if he steals this title from Lashley? You could rehabilitate this group, but that was not the story they told at all. Uh, they clearly have no hope in retribution. This is some sort of weird, perverse joy Vince McMahon has crushing this stable's hopes of changing things and it just seems like his own personal agenda to to tell people nope you can't rebel against the machine and i will remind you of that every single week because these guys and, and one girl make no progress and it's to the point where the only thing that retribution has over the hurt business is that they have mia yim they have one female member and legitimately if lana joined the hurt business on monday night raw they wouldn't even have that and that's the only thing i can give this stable at this point this is the worst faction since the core. Yeah, it's, it's just, un, like, I just, if you're going to do this, if you were planning this, then you give the guys the win on Raw, right? Like, give them the win on Raw leading into this. So at least they have something. 
And I'm shocked if this was a choose your own adventure, why not have Cedric versus Ali put Ali over maybe, okay. The rest of these guys are losers, but Ali is like actually better than Cedric, actually better than Shelton Benjamin, maybe not Lashley, but he's better than the majority of the hurt business. You could have put him over and they just, they didn't do that at all. And, and for this to be placed as high on the card as it was, was just mind boggling to me. Well, I guess it was, it was somewhat of a filler, Mm-hmm. But at the same, look and look the, again. Two for two with really confused, confusing booking. Yeah, I, I just the two matches we spoke about so far really confusing. And w- this has been said for for about a month now. But I mean, mm-hmm. this is two heel groups going at one another. Yeah, that, yeah, you know, I've I've forgotten because it's such a weird. And the other thing too is the the hurt business. They don't need these wins. Like their position, they're not getting anything out of beating this faction. Like they're exactly where they were when they beat Ricochet weeks ago. They haven't yeah. really, you know, beating this loser, these bunch of losers does nothing for them. Nope. I, I really don't know who this is for. We then, and I'm going to reverse order here, had Bailey and Sasha, which really should have been the main event. I, I think the only, ar- again, the only argument you could make is they didn't go on the, the roof of the cell, which given the spots they did, they could have easily gone on the roof of the cell. But uh, this was awesome. Arguably the match of the night, although, you know, it's very close with Roman and, and Jey Uso. Uh, or Jim, is it Jim or, Jimmy or Jey Uso? I always mix these up. Jay. Okay, so at least I was right. I didn't... Anyways, so this was great. You know, right from the start, you have this nice little spot where Bailey has her steel chair. Sasha bats it away. The cage closes. She can't get it. You've got the white attire for Sasha, the black attire for Bailey. Just and so much creativity with spots in this match. I'm not going to do it any justice describing it, but what, like there was even a spot where Bailey took two kendo sticks, taped them together, and was like, "Oh, this sucks. I'm not going to use these." And I just I am I appreciate the realisticness of just I'm going to try this. Nah, screw this. This doesn't work. I'm just going to go back to kicking Sasha's ass. Sasha would eventually win with a bank statement through a chair. She kind of was stomping on the chair. I don't know if that really worked as well as they were thinking it would work in their head. But just a love letter to this type of match. Uh, these two women are awesome. It should have been the main event, but giving it to Sasha the way they did, I think you can have Bailey win the Royal Rumble, and you could still do this at Mania. There's still hope if you want to get – because I want more of this, I think. Like, there's other things you can do with that SmackDown's women division, but I, I, I think there's more, you know, gas in the tank with this rivalry. Uh, you, you're probably going to get it, and you're probably going to get it immediately. Well, I don't see this is the thing. I do not want it immediately. Like Bailey needs to sell and probably Sasha too. They need to sell the physicality of this. And the same is true of Drew McIntyre. And, and, you know, I guess the saving grace is you have Survivor Series next. You have to do brand warfare. So Sasha's got to go against Asuka, maybe Io Shirai if they're not dropping the whole NXT thing, which I'm afraid they are going to drop. And, you know, so you've got that. Then you get to December. If they can not do this match in December. If they can get Sasha a different program, get Bailey a different program, and then put Bailey in the Rumble, I think that's the way to do it. I think if you give them another program in December, you kill this. You know, you need space, right? You need to sort of believe that Bailey is, is broken from this and she's done, but then she does some heel stuff and she gets the last spot in the Rumble and, you know, she cruises her way into WrestleMania. Something like that. They need to build this correctly. That's some long-term booking that you might not see, my friend. Probably not, but, you know, we can dream. Uh, anything else you want to say about this match, Daniel? I, I'm probably not giving it enough credit because I want to fire through some other things, but I think... Yes, unfortunately, that this was one that I couldn't, uh, I couldn't uh, 
watch too much of, so I couldn't add too much to this, unfortunately. No, no worries at all. And uh, we'll power through. We, we mentioned it earlier. The Miz gets the money in the bank thanks to Tucker. You know, Interesting. Long story short, I believe Morrison gets ejected or otherwise pushed off the apron. And, you know, the Miz is in the ring with Otis. The ref's distracted. And out of nowhere, Tucker hits Otis, I believe, with a briefcase. And the Miz is Mr. Money in the Bank. Otis loses the contract. There's, there's a post-match interview. The Miz and Morrison are sort of pushing the same stuff. Tucker shows up, basically says it has nothing to do with those guys. He's just, you know, upset at Otis, was taken for granted. And Otis gets in a feud with Tucker. So, yes, uh, we're pr- not only are we probably not going to get NXT at Survivor Series, we're probably going to get Tucker and Otis at Survivor Series because that's oh, yeah. an interbrand matchup. And just why didn't go ahead. Sorry, sorry, why didn't Tucker just screw him over at the trial? Yeah, that's a very good well, I guess it would he would have played his hand too soon and then Otis could have although how how do you know what kind of rhetoric or what kind of decision JBL was gonna make? I this whole thing is such a waste. We talked about the Miz and the money in the bank briefcase and Otis tangibly being a better face, just naturally being a face in the, the position they're in. You know, if McIntyre had kept the title, you might have something in a McIntyre-Miz promo. I would grant you that. That's what I uh, thought that they were going to do. So, uh, and, and for the Miz, I, I don't think you can have him have this briefcase and lose. I think that's a waste. So, yeah, I, you just, and I, I get that there is a couple of promos out of this, right? The Miz and Morrison now sort of will transition out of being a tag team, which is a problem because you need tag teams and you also lost Otis and Tucker. You lost two of your best tag teams. But now you can kind of play the Morrison-Miz one-upsmanship singles run thing. You can start to do that in the background and probably eliminate that friendship or that partnership leading in to the eventual cash-in. But I, I don't think you're going to see the Miz cash-in cash anytime soon. It could be, you know, especially now that we're sort of starting new with this briefcase, it's going to be way down the road and – Yeah, I don't. I I guess if Edge wins the title at Mania, maybe it makes sense for him to take it off an Edge or like a a Biggie, you know, when he gets the SmackDown title. I maybe, but that's we're going past WrestleMania now with this, which is a problem. Now here's here's a a, maybe a silly question: Hmm. Does now Miz have one year from the time that he's won this now? Uh, I don't, I think it's a year from the Money in the Bank pay-per-view, but that's still, you know, we're still talking about what, June, May, and, you know, you still got months after WrestleMania. So I think, I, I think that's where they're going. But unfortunately, the other problem, and you make a good point, is that if that's how, because the contract's the contract. I don't think you get to renew it if it switches hands, right? So you run into the problem of that thing, and maybe this is a decent storyline in The Miz is afraid to cash in and he's running out of time. There might be something there, but uh, they're, they're going to have to stretch. Like, you know, they had a very natural, you know, especially with Orton having the Raw title and Mandy being on Raw and Tucker. Like, you had such an easy, you know, thing you could have done. And I – just to to back off Otis, who, you know, I, I think would have been – Okay, great. but they're, they're all – okay, so, sorry. They're, now they're on separate shows now. Or they, they're going to ignore that though, right? Uh, yeah, like so. I, I guess if again that the briefcase, because you got to remember, even the the Raw Women's Money in the Bank briefcase, they didn't know it was the Raw Women's title. So these briefcases, because they're interbranded, 
they're, they're sort of universal keys. They can be cashed in for any title on any brand, essentially. So well, what, what I mean is Otis and Tucker are on separate shows. Yes. So, so how are they going to feud them? That's why I think it has to go to Survivor Series because oh, I, I guess you could just book it. Well, I guess Survivor Series is reasonably the next pay-per-view, but it also tells me again that NXT is not going to get much of a spotlight there because they're now doing these programs that are, you know, just sort of tacked on from... Good. Yeah. NXT should stay out of this. I, I don't know. I, I, I want to see NXT versus the main rosters. I, I think that's going to be a loss if it's... Because, you know, last year when NXT, A, saved that SmackDown show after the Dubai show, and um, or Abu Dhabi, whatever it was, and also the NXT winning the night at Survivor Series last year, it allowed uh, Keith Lee and all these great superstars to get a spotlight you know, I, I think it legitimized the brand in a lot of ways, but uh, and now look at them. Well, it's, <laughs> you know what? They, they could very well build them right back up, uh, including Shayna Baszler was a huge, you know, Rhea Ripley. Like they could mm-hmm. do it again, but I just don't, they don't seem to be trending in that direction at all. And excluding them from the draft as well uh, was pretty telling. Anyways, uh, Jeff Hardy got disqualified against Elias with the guitar. Not whatever. Yeah. Like, <laughs> For a match that was literally hoisted on this pay-per-view on Monday and was based on Elias refusing to, you know, listen to obvious evidence that Sheamus attacked him. Uh, just uh, uh, inexplicable uh, that th- this would, A, be on the pay-per-view, but then not even have a finish. I Just just bizarre. Like, this is something surprised. you would see on TV, not on a pay-per-view. I am not surprised by any of this. Oh, just a disappointment. Anyways, the, uh, the, the other great match on the show, um, Roman Reigns just yes. demolishing Jey Uso. <clears throat> I really like this. And, yeah. and it's okay. So now we can talk about this. Is that this was really good, I thought. Mm-hmm. And what a great finish. And that, that really, since they weren't going to do the cash-in, I'm really, I, surprised that this didn't go last. Yeah, I think you can make a very good argument this could have gone last. Just this whole match, and, and I guess the only thing is they did it last at the last pay-per-view, so maybe they're thinking, okay, let's showcase different people in different time slots for anyone who's like, I don't know, channel flipping between football or whatever, which I'm sure people were. But yeah, to your point, Roman, you didn't even need commentary for most of this match. Because they were talking to each other. They were, they, were yeah. real, they, they really told the story like verbally as well as it, it was masterful. And, and some of the acting by Roman, like, yes. and, and, and I, I'm almost afraid to make this comparison, but I think of the rock in his prime. I don't know if he was this good. Like he was very good on the mic. One of the best of all time. I don't know if he was this good in the ring on the mic and the level of acting of Roman reigns. Yes. He's I, a more you know, believable character. Yeah. And, and maybe this is just the evolution of how they write things and, having Paul Heyman and having Roman and having that, you know, the rock, you could probably ask him things about things. I just, I, I thought this was amazing. I, I, I wonder if one day we're going to be talking about Roman Reigns as a bigger star in Hollywood than the rock, which is almost impossible to imagine because the rock is the biggest star in Hollywood, but I, I was blown away by him here. Um, just unbelievable. You, you had the wild Samoans at the end, obviously Roman got the win. He used uh, this awesome guillotine Use it on Jay first, and Jimmy came out and used it on Jimmy, and Jimmy's just grabbing on Jay, and Jay has to quit, not because of himself. He was refusing to quit, but because Roman was going after his injured brother. Yeah. Just great, great finish. Storytelling. And then you've got Roman going up the ramp, the wild Samoans, his, his uncle and his father there. Uh, just, 
you know, great finish. Yep. Yeah, just perfectly done. You know, a great way to start a pay-per-view. I, I agree with you. Um, you know, you, it's, a, it, it's also like now it's the one, it's, it's the storyline that I'm most interested in coming out of this as well. Yeah. Cause it, you would assume the Usos now have to align themselves with they fall Roman. in line. That's right. And that gives them a, a, a massive stable one where there can be literally no dissension because the Usos can't afford to lose their family ties. And I think that they were very good at even their facial expressions after the match in terms of just that look of, you know, infinite defeat almost. And yeah, they, they have, they could create a stable that's dominant, you know, and I believe Tamina is still on SmackDown. So she could factor into this. You could have a stable that could, you know, not with a lot of effort dominate SmackDown, right? The Naomi. Well, Naomi moved to raw, but I think they don't seem to care. Fair enough. But I I do think Tamina, you know, I, I, because I don't think they're going to let Tamina or Naomi return to being a tag team act. Although I guess they could join forces and go after the tag team belts because those are interbranded titles to your point. So yes, this could be a stable that, you know, could legitimately hold all the gold uh, short of an intercontinental title. But uh, just, you know, but you know, who knows, maybe they can kick Samoa Joe off commentary and add it. You could have, a very dominant yes. here and a very like believable is not even the word. Like they would be very legit. And you know, you could take, and I think that's what I would do. You could take this SmackDown narrative and just flush it out. And can you imagine if you flushed it out and then the, the, you know, I guess naturally where you would end up is you'd have to put them against another family and you have the, you know, I hate to say this, but the Mysterio family parts of it, maybe just in the tag team, division i don't know if you want to you know elevate buddy to a world title picture but maybe he tags with dominic and ray's going after the the top title against roman interesting you, you know there are some there's some very interesting permutations of a what's been you know i think i do have to you know because i've been debating between this and the sasha bailey program you know what is the better program and it's it's, it's very difficult to do because the sasha bailey program you can see how it's going to work at WrestleMania. You can see it go on. I don't know how well a big, big E, if he wins the Royal Rumble, or somebody else is going to fit into this program. Is Daniel Bryan going to eventually be the number one contender for this title? I don't think so. so. Yeah, so I, I, I don't know. Uh, but it, it definitely has the potential to be the top program in the company. And if it's not the top program, it's easily number two. I wouldn't even bother to tell you what's third. It's like maybe McIntyre Orton, which might be over now, but you know, end of the game right there. Hmm. I, I eventually, I think I see it uh, again. If, if the rock doesn't show up at WrestleMania, I see them building big E towards Roman. And then his two boys come back to back him up. Just like the Usos and the new day all sort hmm. of, yeah, three think, on three until mania. Into yeah. I think you could do that as a pay-per-view match on the way to mania. If you've got a yeah. biggie rumble win, you know, you're already in January. You, you get like to- a elimination chamber. That'd be great. Yeah, no, that's, I, I love it. That's, that's a very good, you know, six on, you know, six man match. Yeah. Um, that'd be cool. Yeah. So there's some great potential. Um, and I, I do hope they, Oh man. And if they both had, you know, can you imagine if the Usos took the tag titles? Like it all depends on Jimmy's health, but that would be, you know, you could have, both tag team champions and a WWE champion in there and a Royal Rumble winner 
that yeah, he'll be back sooner than later. Yeah. Yeah. So you know what? A lot of potential there. And I, I don't actually see a way they can screw this up, but don't quote me on that. They might find a way. Don't put Finally. that. Don't yeah. put that past him. I, I don't want to tempt them. Um, our truth did his best John Cena impersonation as he defended the twenty four seven title against Gulak. Gulak, some very good offense here, and you know for a match that was you know toyed on pretty late, very good. A nice little run in from uh, the Lucha House Party, minus Kalisto who's now on SmackDown and uh, Akira Tozawa. Although without his other ninjas, which I still don't understand how that works. Um, <laughs> but, you know, sort of fun. it worked. And McIntyre, not McIntyre, Gulak uh, with a great line because Truth was sort of running past the pre-show panel. And Gulak just gave up and grabbed the microphone and said, John Cena sucks. Or your role model, John Cena sucks. And also at the start of the match, he punted away little Jimmy. So, you know, you got to love Gulak here. And certainly he's now separated from his mentor, Daniel Bryan. So good to see him doing some fun stuff in the uh, 24-7 division. I, I sort of thought this would be it for our truth, but obviously they've got, you know, like this John Cena stuff was cute. I think they found an, an interesting enough angle to justify him keeping the belt. I, you know, I think eventually you do have to give it to Gulak or to Zawa for a bigger run. And, you know, I, I think the thing with our truth is he's so great that I would almost want to see him. In an, and I know there's been a lot of odd couple tag teams, or in a U.S. title type feud because he's so goofy. Like I can only, can you imagine if he ends up in a feud with Bobby Lashley and the retribution starts backing him up and he just keeps calling them ninjas. Like that could actually work. He could actually make that angle significantly better. And you can still do goofy stuff with Gulak and Tazawa and the Lucha House Party. Like you've got enough clowns over there. Um, But I, I do actually think, you know, there's, potentially more they can do with our truth which could you know rehabilitate um another storyline just to give it a you know and like maybe put some comedy in an already goofy situation and and diffuse it a bit well the, the, when you said that out loud it just occurred to me that truth has essentially become the santino role yes but but i guess with a 24 7 title that role is magnified on a level uh that i don't think it ever was when santino was there like I, you make a great point if if they had a 24-7 title when Santino Morella was in uh, WWE, and I know Santino very well, I, Donald Trump probably would have won it back in the day, which yep. I can, like, he would probably be bragging about that in, in presidential debates right now, which would be uh, very interesting. Well, he won the Battle of the Billionaires. Yeah, I'm surprised he hasn't brought that up. But yeah. <laughs> uh, any other thoughts on this show? Because that's a rabbit hole I'm not necessarily looking to go down. No, I mean, I, 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 fortunately, I didn't get to see all of it, but uh, nah, that's pretty fortunate was, to be honest. But uh, I was, I look, I was happy. At least one out of the five matches made sense and was done really well. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the best matches that sort of warranted the the no crowd because it was really important to hear them and to hear them talk to one another. So that really worked in that environment. And where a year ago, with if the crowd was there, like it pro- probably would have lost a lot of it. So that mm. so that, anyways, that, so at least that was that, that was probably the best uh, one of the best uh, Thunderdome matches that I've seen. Yeah, I, I think anything Roman has done has really ranked up there. And this, I, I can't say enough about this character, and, and even the subtlety of Paul Heyman 
trying to tell him to stop and yep. Roman just basically tell him to shut up and variations of that. Yep. It just speaks to the power of this character and it, it's just awesome. And, and, you know, a quick note I'll throw in here. Uh, one thing I want to add is the fiend did not show up, which I was surprised by. And I actually did think during the retribution hurt business match, I'm like, well, this isn't going well for slapjack. Maybe you just need the fiend to run in here cause havoc and make and honestly make it a disqualification and somewhat protect this group right because the other problem is uh going back to that is they basically left slapjack out there to get crushed like what a crappy group of friends true honestly like they they knew he wasn't gonna win they could have gone out there and beat up lashley before this was an official pinfall and they were like nah maybe he'll pull it out it's like guys he's getting demolished by bobby lashley here like, he, he, you know, and not to mention in kayfabe, the Hurt Lock, or not even, I don't know, it took out uh, Apollo for almost a month, not, not COVID. So, you know, you're putting the guy in some quote-unquote serious danger here. And they're like, nah, he's, he'll be fine. He's only the, you know, like, I don't even know how many people realize that Shane Thorne is Slapjack. Because I doubted it during this match. I'm like, this guy's so bad. Is he even Shane Thorne? Did, did like, Shane <laughs> Thorne, like just disappear and they put a different guy under this mask because he's just getting demolished. He looks like a sack of potatoes out there. Like, you know, uh, I, I watched like a moment of that, but it, it was like, Oh yeah, he did not look good. Yeah. That's like, unfortunate. And, and it's not a knock against Thorne as an athlete. Cause I've, I've seen him do great stuff. Um, it's just the booking. Cause here's the thing. MVP managed Thorne and Vic, but the problem is in, in storyline, they're not even acknowledging this guy is Shane Thorne. You know, right. instead of MVP going, hey, uh, boys, who do you think we should face? He should have been like, you know, I managed this piece of crap who's now known as Slapjack. And he's not good. I couldn't get him over. Bobby, go kill him. That would have been, that would have at least put it over as, you know, maybe MVP saw something in this guy once and then discarded him. And that's part of what drove him into the stable. And it's part of why they want to crush him first. You know, the, the, there are threads. But that would have been the first time they would have referenced that their previous personas. Yes. Because they haven't referenced any of that yet. I get that. But it's so painfully obvious who everybody else is. Like Dominic Dijakovic. They, don't, they, don't, they, they, don't, they do not call him that, though. They don't, they've never referenced. It's like they're new people. Yeah. I, I, it's just like Mia Yim is so obviously Mia Yim. And Mustafa Ali is just Mustafa Ali. He's just saying Mustafa a little bit funner. Uh, or at least saying it. Well, he's the, he, he doesn't count, but like, no, he, I know he's the exception. To the yeah. Point. Yeah. But I just, th- this is the problem. And there's, I don't think not like I, I get them. They've named them, which like one of the worst things they did with this group was rename these people. Cause they did such a bad job renaming them. Like, it's just unbelievable. Like, you know, uh, Mia Yim is now reckoning and Mia Yim was largely considered one of the worst female performers on NXT but Mia Yim had more rep than Reckoning. Like, she at least had a reputation of she'll take a big bump. She's a hard worker. Um, you know, you might not want her in this spot, which could have fed in to, you know, the story. And I just, I, it's just such a, you know, like Dio well, got killed by Brock Lesnar. Yes. But at least they could, you know what? The, the saving grace is as quickly and as easily as they've put these, they change their persona. They mm-hmm. could just, forget about this and change them back. Oh yeah. It's already happened with Mercedes. One, one by one, right? Yeah, it, yeah. That's right. Yeah. It's already happened. And obviously they've kept her off TV. I don't know when she's going to show up, but 
you, I think it's fair to assume by the Royal Rumble, she will return. I, I can't imagine, you know, it's going to be any longer than that. Let me ask you, let me, let's mark this down. Mm. Let's, can you predict by the Royal Rumble if any of these people will still be known as any of these people? Uh, I would say T-Bar will, will stick because I, I think He's that over works. on Twitter? Well, it's just Dijakovic is he shaved his hair. He has changed his look. He's embracing, the, yeah, because of his Twitter, he's embraced this character full on. Uh, I also think the Dio Madden character is better. I don't even know what his, do you know his retribution name? I can't even remember. Do you, th- do you think that that group will be together by the Royal Rumble? I, I think the majority of them will. I, I think you could, you know, as a judge- unit? As a unit, I will say a slapjack, I, I think you can probably, you know, to borrow an NXT uh, situation, you could put him in a bin and that could be it. Like, you know what I mean? That guy could get thrown into a garbage bin and never be seen again on Raw. I don't think that would be a great loss. Mia Yim, um, poof. because she's, she's with Keith Lee, she may be a lot, she is going to be better off just being herself and the character she was in NXT especially with Keith being on the main roster. So I could see Mia Yim defecting, especially if you're not going to bother to give this group any female opposition, which they, they haven't done since they yeah. quote unquote signed. Now, again, I, I, I actually think, you know, especially given that Lana just finished, you know, ending any contendership she'll ever have for a women's title. Um, you could roll Lana into this storyline and maybe that's the way retribution starts to, you know, get some revenge is, oh, let's go after Lashley's quote-unquote wife. And, you know, it could be a way for them to hurt the hurt business. But I, I don't have a lot of faith they're going to be that clever. They're probably just going to keep putting Lana through tables for the rest of the year. No, they're done. They're, they're done with Lana and Lashley. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I'm going to follow up on what I asked you. Mm-hmm. And Sorry, I'm going to say joke. that – no, no, no. I'm just going to say – but I'm going to – I am going to predict that a retribution is no longer a unit. And I will go well beyond that, that none of these people are going to be by those people. names. Yeah. Yep. They're, all, they're all going to have different names and it's, it'll be interesting to see where that leaves Ali because he could, you know, I think in fairness to you, I think he could continue quote unquote, this gimmick by himself as a lone wolf or more yes. of a hacker. You yes. know, I, I think that part is a little more. That's fine. Gray, um, because, but, he, but he's, but he's what he's called now. Essentially, yeah, you're right, he, and and even then, you could shorten it to Ali the hacker or a hacker named Ali for lack of a better name. So yeah, it's it's, it's and you're saying by the Royal Rumble, this group is no more. Yes, yeah, and I will go, and none of them other than Ali is Ali. Hmm. Okay, we will see, and uh, something to escape my mind, but it, it'll be very, it'll be interesting to see, and. Uh, yeah, let's, you know, let's see where we go from here. Uh, again, I, I think overall this is a good pay-per-view. Uh, I think my – and it's a lot better than last year's Hell in the Cell. I'd be remiss if I didn't mention Yes, it, it didn't but, upset me. Uh, it just – this could have been fantastic. Like, there are performances on this show, you know, geez, even if you just take either of those good – like, and I don't even think the McIntyre Orton Hell in a Cell is bad. It's just the worst of the three. So it was if, just kind of boring. Yeah, Do those I, two styles. I don't like. The, I'm you know bored of those two. I think it's actually a little above that. If you took an average Hell in the Cell match, because of the work, even though it didn't make sense, because of the spots and because of the way those guys performed, 
I would give Orton and McIntyre an above average rating on, like, you know, it's a B plus. It's a B plus L in the cell match, you know. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, I don't disagree with that. We're A's. And if you've got two A Hell in a Cell matches, you got to open and close with those. And I don't, I'm not even too bothered as, you know, if you started with Sasha and Bailey and ended with Roman or vice versa. But you just would come away from this show going, wow, it started with a great Hell in a Cell match and it ended with a great Hell in a Cell match. Maybe the one in the middle wasn't as good, but that's about where it should be. And there were different things between these Hell in a Cells. I'll give them credit. They put different matches in between the Hell in a Cells, which they had to but it made a lot of sense and it made the show flow very well. So, you know, and and the Miz decision, I just, I don't think there's any scenario you can put the Miz in that's going to be better than Otis. I, you know, I just think you had a chance to build a new star and they, you know, they basically ran away from it and uh, I will never forgive them for that. And I think that's the best way I can put it. They were banking on those crowds to get behind Otis. No, nah, they didn't need the crowds. The guy was banter. You know, you and I watched the, uh, uh, Otis Law and Order, Law and Otis. The name was so bad. I'd already forgotten it. Like the guy, and that wasn't even his best comedic performance, but the guy oh, was, was entertaining. I was dumb, but it's entertaining. And, and look, he's done stuff that's been masterful. I, you know, I just build new stars. You know, uh, the Miz didn't, the Miz could have gotten a title shot without this briefcase. You know, all I do is win a number one contender shot. Like, he doesn't need the briefcase, so. Total waste. Total waste. I agree. But you know what wasn't a waste? This podcast. Daniel, thank you again. Thank you. We'll reconvene at Survivor Series. Of course, my friend. Thank you very much. Thank you. Never Sleeps Network. This has been a Never Sleeps Network production, executive produced by Alex Ross. For more information and content, visit NeverSleepsNetwork.com. 